Welcome to this episode of ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of ClearedCast. I'm Katie Keller, Editorial Communications Manager with ClearanceJobs.com. And today I'm joined by Yossi, who is the CEO of CPO Systems. He is responsible for the America's operations and for leading the company's business vision. He brings 29 years of experience and a unique perspective to cybersecurity threats and solutions. So in 1992, Yossi joined the Israeli intelligence, where he focused on leading the development of critical infrastructure security systems. In 98, he co-founded Web Silicon, a company dedicated to delivering advanced cyber solutions. And in 2013, that company was acquired by one of the world's largest physical security companies. So after the acquisition, Yossi led the integration of the company and he became CTO for cybersecurity. CPO has some exciting projects going on with the issuance of Section 889 of the 2019 NDAA. Government agencies and contractors are tasked to identify and remove hardware devices that are manufactured by specific providers just to avoid certain threats. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But Yossi, thank you so much for joining me today for this episode of ClearedCast. My pleasure. Thank you for your time and the interest in what we do. I thought we could start. Could you tell us a little bit more about CPO Systems and its capabilities? Yeah, actually, it's funny. In a couple of weeks, we'll celebrate fifth birthday for CPO. Oh, wow. It is becoming a global company. It just marked the employee number 30 yesterday. The company is focused on a category called auto access control or ACK, which is eventually meant to provide a visibility and control and, of course, mitigation of risk, which is today mostly uncontrolled in terms of the threat that is coming from the hardware devices. In the last couple of years, we uh, heard that many organizations are moving to the cloud, more virtualization is becoming the default and the standard, but still, if you go and Look into numbers, according to many analysts, there is more hardware today than any, any time in human history, and it keeps growing very quickly. So CPO's mission eventually is to allow enterprises, organizations, agencies to know exactly what they have, take a measures in order to manage the risk. There's no zero risk, but at least managing the risk in different aspects from supply chain and Section 889, as you mentioned, is a great uh, use case of that uh, up to insiders and other concerns about bad reputation devices and so on. Excellent. Thanks for taking us through that run through. So with Section 889 of the 2019 NDAA, Due to the inability to navigate through the physical device inventory, I know that CPO is working directly with defense and government agencies to identify and remove devices that may be manufactured by adversaries. Tell us a little bit more about the CPO Hardware Security Research Lab. Yeah, so as part of our continuous effort in securing the nation and making the the mission of government to be as secured as possible, we actually created a, or built a lab here in our uh, Rockville, Maryland headquarters in order to uh, fulfill two main missions. First, to demonstrate an effective way to have a control of what's going on. And again, we need to understand a bit about Section 889. Section 889 speaks about specific vendors, and this list will be growing and, and changing along the time. We already heard, uh, let's say, rumors or at least uh, verbal 
statements about uh, such and such vendors that should be potentially be added or removed from that list. But the main issue is that the focus shouldn't be just on the, let's call the brand name on the plate or on the box, but literally knowing exactly what's going on inside, because each one of these large corporations listed in, in Section 889 is potentially can come in different shapes and formats. And at least one of them, without mentioning exact names, uh, is coming through OEM and using some other brand names. So just looking into the supply chain and trying to analyze that is not enough. So when we build the lab, as I mentioned, the first thing was to demonstrate the capability of identifying devices by physically fingerprinting them. So what we call soft ID or brand name or something like that is not used as the identifier of the hardware, but mostly our fingerprinting unique capability and seeing exactly what's going on under the hood. And the second reason for building the lab was to deepen our research and being able to be exposed to as many devices as possible in order to, again, tune the capabilities and make sure that we are as close as possible to 100% detection as we feel today. Super important for any defense contractor, anyone working in national security or working in this space. For those of you who don't know, we've been referring to the NDAA, that's the National Defense Authorization Act. Familiarize yourself with that if you are, again, you probably already should be if you are a defense contractor. So you talked a little bit about why it's important for companies to be aware of Section 889. How will government contractors benefit from a greater overall cybersecurity posture with complete visibility of all hardware assets and devices where those compromised devices may reside? Actually, you know, a couple of weeks ago, everyone were stressed around a SolarWinds attack or the SolarWinds incident around software supply chain. And what we learned, all of us, is that every time we feel comfortable about our supply chain, we are actually in a greater danger than before. And this is software. And there are so many tools to monitor software activity. And there are so many tools to control different aspects of software when talking about highly secured enterprises, agencies, contractors, and so on. We have zero control when we're looking into the outdoor space, which means there is no if and there is not even how the what and the impact of that would be enormous when we will get more and more incidents around hardware. And the bad news about that is that many organizations know there is a problem, there is a potential problem at least, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but they don't do the necessary things and measures in order to control the risk. And controlling the risk is not just checking a, you know, a bullet and saying, okay, so we doubt our vendor, or we ask them questions, or we look into the bill of material. It's a great starter. I, I wouldn't say it's not important. It is very important, but it's not sufficient. It's not enough. In the last couple of days, uh, we see a dramatically increase in the number of you know, business opportunities for Sepio, but uh, most important number of discussions we had with different entities within the federal government, within some contractors about Section 889, because people start to realize that the threat is immediate. And again, you know, after spending many years in the intelligence in Israel, but it's not different than anyone else, anywhere else, we know that when you push, and the government is doing a great job, uh, job in pushing these vendors and potentially the country they are coming from, when you push so hard, the alternative you give to these entities 
is to play a, in a different way. They're not going to stop. They're going to find loopholes. They're going to find a different way to infiltrate these outward devices because this is their mission. This is their job. They need to find a way to penetrate into our infrastructure. And when you push so hard, you'll find yourself not fighting against you know, five, six, seven vendors. You'll find yourself actually need to find your devices within 100 brand names, 700 brand names, and you won't be able to monitor that in an efficient way. So this is why I think contractors and agencies are starting to realize that they need to do something totally different than what was done before. Well, certainly. And I love the fact that you said if you're getting comfortable, it means that you're even just more exposed. These types of hardware and software threats, they're, they're ever growing. So, you know, when you do have an inventory of the current manufacturers or what the brand names are, it's going to be an ever growing list, essentially. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. It is. It is. It is. And what we see is that even when we buy and, and that's the challenge, you know, it's, everything is global now and we know why, but there, and there is no simple solution. Okay, we'll stop manufacture abroad and we'll start manufacturing everything in the U.S. I, I wish, but it's going to be, you know, unfortunately impossible. And, and we see more and more brands, American brands, good brands using more and more uncontrolled modules and components within their made in USA devices than uh, in the past. Now, it's not like they have an alternative. You know, if you buy or try to manufacture a laptop or a server and you are not going to use foreign and even suspicious components, you won't be able to complete your task. It's not like the vendors are responsible for all that problem. You know, it's a geopolitical problem and it would take forever to fix it. But at least unless I would say like that, so at least someone will recalculate the way we do business and recalculate the way we secure our channels and secure our supply chains, or at least be able to find promptly threats that are coming from supply chain. Bad actors are using that as a weapon of choice because of the opportunity it gives them to penetrate, stay for a long time, and won't be able to be caught or won't be under the danger of being caught for a very long, sometimes unlimited time. When you do cyber operations, without saying too much about that, enemy number one or concern number one when you think about that is you don't want to be caught. You want to get an access to your target for a long time, and you want to be able to say it's not you even if you're being caught. So Outward gives the benefit of all of these uh, for too long and for <laughs> too massive uh, on our national infrastructure. You didn't mention a name earlier. Um, obviously, you would want to keep those under wraps. I guess one question I do have, at some point, are any of these manufacturers, uh, sort of, are, is the list ever going to be sort of declassified in a way? Well, first, the list in NDAA uh, Section 89 is declassified. It's a publicly uh, listed names, but I, the issue is not the names because, you know, we can choose one of the names uh, and, and see just by Googling the name. And, you know, we have better resources than just Googling, but that brand has 15 or 20 different subdivisions under different names. And these, each one of these divisions has OEM agreements with well-known brands. You know, a couple of months ago, and that's a name which is not within Section 889, 
For example, a TV manufacturer called TCL, I've been interviewed about that a while ago, was allegedly, I need to be careful, my legal will be stressed, but allegedly was accused for get, getting an uncontrolled backdoor access to some of their devices. And, and there were voices that say, well, TCL should be added to that list or not. I'm, you know, I'm not the government. I'm not choosing which one will be there or not. Then someone researched and realized that that vendor is doing OEM for tens of different vendors that all of us call them made, made in America, totally well-known brands. So you stop default a brand name, it doesn't mean all of us are aware for so many different names uh, behind that. So I think the root list or the basic list will be changed and names will be added and so on and maybe removed if these companies will be able to prove they are not doing what they claim or at least what they are accused, uh, accused that they are doing. But we won't be able to monitor all of their third-party agreements because they're not playing according to our rules. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the tech. So hardware fingerprinting technology, it discovers all, you know, managed, unmanaged, hidden devices. We're talking about, you know, uh, these brands within a brand, so to speak. Let's talk about how they're otherwise invisible to all other security tools. Well, for many, many years, the cyber industry chose to monitor and map devices and discover devices based on what the device tells us. I am a whatever Dell machine. Dell, Dell is a great, I'm just looking on my computer, great vendor. So I'm a Dell machine. I'm telling you the story. I'm Dell based on MAC address of your computer, based on some other device, a, a device IDs, a, and, so, and so on and so on. But these are what we call soft ID. Eventually, it's a series of numbers that everyone can spoof. Everyone can say the same story. We had incidents with peripheral devices that claimed to be vendor A, but they were totally different. But what they report is a story. So many of the solutions in the industry, I would say most of the solutions in the industry claim to have some something to do with hardware security is based on these uh, soft ID uh, discovery. Now, when we started Sepio, we said one simple thing, and what if? What if the story you are getting what if the soft ID is a lie? It's a spoofed soft ID, soft MAC, IP address, and so on. Our fingerprinting technology is based on the physical, and again, it's a software solution, but it is based on the physical existence of device or asset and not on the activity of the device. So I don't care what is the story the device is telling me. Actually, I'm using that story in order to what we call self-incrimination process. So... A spoof device claimed to be my legitimate Dell will tell me the same story as any other Dell, but the physical fingerprinting, which is, yeah, we can spend hours on that, but eventually the characteristics of the interfaces, the characteristics of the bill of material within the machine will be totally different than the rest of the Dells. And based on that, our technology allows ourselves to look software-wise under the hood and regardless the story, we actually use the story of, you know, the soft idea in order to let attacker to self-incriminate himself. Very sneaky in a way. But uh, let's sort of bring it back to the Security Clearance Careers podcast, Cleared Cast. It's both cleared candidates. So, you know, personnel that are supporting the mm -hmm. federal government, you know, directly or with for defense contractors. So for all those folks that are listening 
Tell us a little bit about how organizations uh, can have control, you know, through policy, compliance, regulation, other best practices that you'd like to share today. Yeah, well, uh, you know, first we need to admit there is a problem and not, unfortunately, not all organizations feel compromised or potentially compromised. So, you know, without admitting that there is no cure. Uh, after doing that, uh, best practices is first by, you know, well-known brand names. Don't go and buy something that costs a dollar less or $10 less or even $100,000 less if it makes sense that that device can eventually potentially hurt your organization. We should not keep doing business just based on cost. And the second one is, well, you know, buy America. It's, it's good for all of us in any case. And then start asking your vendors, your suppliers, how much they control, how much they own, how much they know about their subcomponents, submodules, and so on. Many, many questions like that will create some fear, but at least create some control of what's going on. And again, there is no zero risk, but we need to control the risk. We need to be aware of it. And third, use some tool that uh, actually helps you to do it in, in, in a scale. Because you cannot open device by device or put them in a lab in a large uh, infrastructure or in large, a large organization. You know, just count the number of connected devices within the you know, government uncontrolled. So find some tool that gives you visibility and use visibility in order to prioritize the risk uh, and the source of the risk and then start working according to priority. Wonderful, Yossi. Thank you so much for those tips. Let's talk about job opportunities. Are you aware, um, I mean, CTO, you may not even be in the in the weeds for this, but do you have any career opportunities for maybe some of our technical folks that might be listening? Yeah, well, we hired uh, three uh, people lately uh, and absolutely uh, the company is growing. There are going to be openings for dozens of uh, jobs just in Sepio in the next uh, several months. Uh, so feel free to send your resume and some recommendations if you have any. Our website has a job section. There is an easy way to do it. In generally speaking, I know the government is super concerned and extremely motivated from top leadership. We just seen the executive orders from the president about supply chain and all of that. So I think it's a great time to join the journey of securing and controlling supply chain of the U.S. government. And when we use the word U.S. government or national infrastructure, I would take it to extent because eventually every contractor, every subcontractor, and even service providers to these, which are not always in the first year, from financial to other service areas that eventually may affect our national security. That's true. It's a huge issue. It's something that should be at the forefront of our minds. Like Yossi said, if you feel comfortable, then you should certainly start to feel uncomfortable pretty quickly. For everyone listening, please visit sepio.systems to check out their career opportunities, other things that they have going on. Yossi, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. I really appreciate it and enjoyed it. My pleasure. Thank you for your time. This is Katie Keller, editor at clearancejobs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of ClearedCast. For more information on career and recruiting advice, visit news.clearancejobs.com. Thank you.